All right, welcome friends. This is the Deconstructionist Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Adam Narlock. And I'm John Williamson. And this is episode one. You made it this far, everybody. And episode one is going to be all about, um, oh, by the way, we've got a studio audience of one here. Our producer and worship pastor at the church we go to, David Carey, running the board for us here. So oh. shout out to D. Carey. Big thanks. Yeah. Yeah, he's the man. And uh, episode one is all about what the heck do we mean when we're talking about deconstruction, this uh, seemingly weird kind of violent idea and what, you know, this podcast that we call the Deconstructions Podcast is this place that we're hoping becomes this safe place that John and I are inviting people into that is almost post-denominational, almost interfaith, almost a, a conversation where people who are struggling with all kinds of different doubts and questions and theories and perspectives can not only listen in and hear lots of different ideas and lots of different perspectives, and hopefully that'll force them to pull things apart, but also it becomes a place to just uh, engage and, and write in questions. And so we need you guys to do that. So episode one, what the heck is the deconstruction, the deconstructionists? What are we talking about here? <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people are immediately scared by that word. Because um, I think we talked about it the other day. I think it gets tossed around a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very easy uh, for people to uh, kind of take a, a bad connotation. Yeah, there's some like bad. There's some bad deconstruction. There's some really bad deconstruction. There's some <laughs> unsafe, unhealthy, overly dark what mm. else would you what, what would you call it? I, you know, I think you put it pretty really well in our, our teaser episode where um, we're not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Heck no. And I think that's what most people think is like you're just stripping away everything and there's nothing left. Right. And definitely uh, not. That, that is not what we're doing here. That would be hopeless. That would be hopeless and pointless. Yeah, we're not we're not interested in that. This is a this is a place where um, what is real will come out, and we firmly believe that uh, what is real shows itself. And that there's so much um, that we've constrained ourselves by, a lot by our own upbringing. So, you know, if I can just kind of start off a little bit here, uh, to those of you that are listening in and you're kind of like, man, what's going on? Like, what's, what's this all about? How does this apply to me? Okay, listen, whoever you are, you know, whether it's me or John or our studio audience, one here, David, or whatever, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, you were handed this system of beliefs. You were handed this uh, set of beliefs, you know, a way of looking at the world, even if somebody didn't iron it out for you or delineate it for you. Maybe you didn't go to Sunday school. Maybe you didn't go to, you know, any kind of a place that gave you any kind of a religious teaching, but you were handed some kind of a, a way of looking at life. You were handed a way of looking at meaning and beauty and your soul and those kinds of things. And how do you then take ownership of that? You have to start to, we believe, wrestle with it in order to own it. So the whole idea is to, to test those things and be tested by them. And a lot of times what we think that means in this space becomes just, you gotta pull it apart. You gotta look at it and that becomes the safe zone and that becomes the dialogue between friends, between different perspectives to help us through hearing what other people have to say, through getting new perspectives, somebody that you've never heard their, their point of view before to actually humbly sit and listen and let grace and love do its magic. Mm. Right? Yes. I think, and I think it's important to note that that will be the, the continuous theme throughout this, this uh, podcast, no matter what topic that we're covering in, in an episode, is that we're just a couple curious kids mm. who just like taking toys apart to see how they work. Right. And so we're going to do that with each episode. And like we had I, to do with our laptop before we... Oh, my gosh. So... Before we got going here today. Right, David? <laughs> this is <laughs> funny because this is actually episode one, uh, the second round. So, uh, yeah. So we're getting things working. We're not professionals, but we're figuring it out. So. It's so much fun. And we're just... We're so overjoyed that anyone would mm. sit and listen and, and invite themselves into this place. Thank you. And And... Thank you for um, all of our talented friends who know how to do this stuff better than us. <laughs> we don't have to know how to do crap around here. No, nope. Just talk, man. So let's talk a little bit about um, where this, ori this word originally came from, mm -hmm. um, kind of what the original meaning was, and then how we're going to steal it and take it for our own. Yeah, we've, we're, we're going to do something new with this word. 
So, we're going to reclaim it yes. and, and turn it into something productive. We're going we're gonna to repurpose this. <laughs> we're going to DIY this The DIY thing. generation, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. <laughs> um, so basically, first we're going to start off, we're going to give you a dictionary definition of what this word means. And basically, if you pop open a dictionary, um, you're going to see something similar to a theory used in the study of literature or philosophy, which says that a piece of writing does not have just one meaning and that the meaning depends on the reader. Or another definition is the analytic examination of something as a theory, often in order to reveal its inadequacy. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and then just the normal sort of, if you just visualize what deconstruction is, it's just like taking something apart. Exactly. At its simplest Pull, form. Pulling it apart. It. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, how was this put together and what is this piece? And, you know, I'm not sure about this and where does this go? And, I used to have a place for this and now I don't. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> what, what do I do about that? So, yeah, that's, yeah, deconstruction. And then, you know, talk a little bit about Der Derrida, the, the philosopher in the 1960s? 1960s. Postmodern sort of existentialist French philosopher Derrida. I'm super glad you said that first. Yeah. Because I've been mispronouncing his name for <laughs> the probably, better part of two weeks now. I'm probably saying it wrong. Look, man, I see it in print and uh, I just go with it. So He's a beast, um, though. So sorry, buddy. He's long since gone, but and I apologize. And, and we're totally going to steal his idea and not really do what he wanted us to do with it. Well, he can't really argue with it. That's what philosophy is all about. Right. <laughs> so the term deconstruction was coined by this guy um, in 67 when he wrote about the skepticism of truths held to be true regarding all systems in Western culture. And what he was looking at were the areas of religion, government, and education. So what he meant by this is deconstruction is basically not a philosophy, but a project or a way of working within a given system in order to find its weaknesses. So essentially, deconstruction calls for close analysis by seeking not only to understand a given system, but mm -hmm. also to question that system. Right, and that's where we're locking in with what he was saying, questioning the system from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So we, th we think that that's inherent in all worldviews. We think that's inherent in church history. We're going to talk about that. That's inherent even in scripture itself. There's this minor chord. There's this descent. There's this inter-questioning. That's what the prophets were. That's what, you know, God himself often does by, you know, revealing different parts of his character. And we'll get to the fact that, you know, Jesus Christ himself was the ultimate deconstructionist against the religious institutions, against people who felt like they were on the outside, people who felt like they were on the inside, the power structures of Rome itself. All of that plays into the invitation that we think has always been right in front of us. So I think the other important thing to note about Derrida is that even Derrida, who coined this term, um, did not mean for this to be a way of completely just torching the system. No. He did not. What that would was be the not point his intention. In that anyway, I mean, God, I mean, so many people want to go there because it's dark and it's just set fire to it. Mm. You know, cry havoc and let loose the dogs of war. But no. Absolutely. No. No. That, that doesn't, that's not redemptive. It's not productive. So, so <laughs> it's a really crappy place to invite people into. But I, I think the, the the cool thing is that this this idea, um, this philosophy, or not philosophy rather, but this project, um, as he called it, of deconstruction, um, is just a really good way of of thinking critically mm -hmm. and just taking a deeper dive into what yes. it is that you hold to be true. Taking ownership of it. So the the big thing that we keep tossing back and forth is um, using it in a way that that takes a deeper look at your faith or lack of faith because your life, during your life, you will experience a storm or a great deal of storms, maybe yeah. even a hurricane. Yeah, man. And when that hurricane hits, is that building, is that structure firm enough? Have you gone into that structure to make sure that it is strong enough to withhandle the storm? And what happens if it doesn't? Or will there be nothing left mm -hmm. when that storm hits? And how many people, I mean, I know David's sitting here and you've seen it being raised in the church, John. As a pastor, I've seen this more times than I even care to recount. And this is me kind of finally trying to do something about it more than just preaching sermons, but inviting people into the project themselves and saying, you guys, you, you need to get ready for this now. You need to, to realize what's gonna happen in your life if I, if I think grace and God and the divine is merciful to you to allow you to experience this, because I think this is a gift. But how many people have I seen get washed over by a wave and they're just, they've got nowhere to go. They've got no beliefs left. It didn't match up. It didn't withhold the test of whatever. They lost the girl. They lost the job. They lost the dream. 
they lost the ability and all of a sudden poof it's just like where the frick am i yeah and i'm tired of seeing that happen without doing something to invite people into something to to test it first, be tested by it, and come to a place of real, honest authenticity that like, hey, you may not have a lot of what you call belief left at the end of this, but what you have is gonna be strong. Mm. And it's gonna be able to with, withhold whatever it is that comes at you, the, like what Richard Rohr would call like the necessary suffering. Oh, you got there first. <laughs> I had to, man. <laughs> I beat you to the punch this time. Oh, <laughs> oh. That hurts a little, man. <laughs> Dude, this is uh, episode, this is the second go at episode two. I you know. dropped him first on I episode know. zero. But no one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do an outtake. Good enough. Yeah. So the necessary <laughs> suffering that's going to happen that becomes this beautiful disaster that absolutely wrecks you mm. and forces you to, into a place that goes, what the crap do I believe? And why didn't, why didn't what I believe handle this so so many good things ah oh man i digress (laughs) that's okay actually that 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 puts us in a perfect uh, position here to go into um we read this really great article um by this this author named caroline suresh i'm sure i pronounced that incorrectly too i'm sorry caroline but um, it's it, you can find it at the AugustineCollective.org, and it's just a really great article called "Deconstruction and the Nature of God's Grace." Mm-hmm. So, why don't you um, kind of summarize that for for the people? Listening? So, basically, one of the beautiful things that this this article really summarized, which we've touched on just a little bit, is inherent in the grace of God is something that postmodern thought, you know, it really it takes us to a place that we have to realize that we don't have complete objective omniscience when we're looking at these truths and there's something as we're gazing at them as we're talking about them as we're wrestling with them that's holding us up that's propping us up that's even allowing the space for us to wrestle and doubt and question and allow us to experience it without claiming too much certitude or certainty and there's a lot of mystery that you have to just let be mystery and the postmodern sort of critique of this omniscience that kind of came out of the Enlightenment, out of modernity, that's like we need to be really sure and we need to have it all delineated and we need to have it locked down. And this is what we teach people. This is, this is the only place to go. There's no other place to go. And this cool critique that comes in says you, you can't be omniscient. You're talking about God. You're talking about the depths of reality, the depths of your soul, worship, wonder, transcendence, majesty. You're, you're talking about things bigger than you can possibly imagine. Stop acting like you own it and allow it to be as big as it actually is. And I mean, that is just freaking awesome. Amazing. <laughs> and we can, apl- we can clap right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's just incredible. So uh, I love that. I appreciate that so much. Um, great article. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, I don't know if we mentioned this in the first episode, but um, we will name drop a lot because... Gratuitous Adam, name dropping. Literally, Adam and I, as we were trying to get these microphones to function properly uh, tonight, we were just talking about the fact that um, there are a lot of what seem to be new thoughts floating around out there when really they're just recycled old thoughts. Yeah. And we'll get more into that, but um, any authors that we kind of quote along the way that something that really just grabbed us we will put in the show notes um because we firmly believe that you know um there's a lot of good material out there that Mm. you could go even more in depth on this subject and a lot of the other subjects that we cover a couple books couple authors and then we need your obvious um as a listener you know hey you, you didn't cover this in the show notes or you know could you talk more about that in a later episode or whatever Mm. and well yeah there's gonna be a lot of room for that so that's gonna be awesome yeah so um, I think you guys are starting to understand, and I hope the listeners are starting to understand that our version of this deconstructive process, this pulling apart faith to allow it to grow, letting it be pruned, letting it to be hacked down to the pure stump, is uh, a version of faith and growth and spiritual practice that's quite a bit different than a lot of the things out there. There's some other podcasts out there that are doing similar things that are dark and they really just are pretty immature, to be honest. And they just mm. kind of crap on everything and take the listener to this really dark, vapid 
place and they just go, it doesn't really mean anything anymore, man. It's just gone. And we just need to just hang on to words and we're just going to be spiritual without anything to be spiritual about. And we're not going to take you guys to that place. We're, what we're doing is quite a bit different. And in many ways, we believe that this is a very part of the structure and tradition that we're taking apart, that it's inherent in spirituality. It's inherent in God. It's inherent in revelation. And we're really excited to bring you to a place where grace can just grab us all. And so, um, John, let's tell our stories a little bit yeah. about like how we came across this idea of deconstruction, how we got in, how we got maybe pulled into it, invited into it, how it, we crashed into mm. it mm-hmm. and kind of what that's looked like a little bit. So, um, for you, you know, I know a little bit about your story, but man. <laughs> From the first time we recorded this? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I told, I jokingly told my wife tonight, I'm like, I'm going to have to talk about you all over again. All over. Yeah. So she's like, all right, Deal you, can with add, it. you can add more stuff. Deal with it. I'm like, well, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Panic <laughs> at the disco. Oh, man. Okay. So uh, the long and short of, of my upbringing, um, and we, we kind of touched on a little bit of our backgrounds in the first intro episode, but... Um, I grew up a pastor's kid, you know, so that kind of came along uh, yeah. with its own set of struggles. Yeah, and you're not on a stripper pole right now. So no, no. Fortunately. No. I took the wiser path. Yeah, fortunately, you were protected Ugh, from that. Man, but uh, but obviously that comes with its own set of struggles. Um, I can't remember if, if uh, it was in the first episode, but you know, I talked about the fact that it comes with its own uh, set of expectations. Like people assume that just because your dad's a pastor that you have the entire... Bible, you know, verse by verse, you know, memorized and that sort of thing. So, um, so growing up in the church, you know, I, I really didn't have a moment where I questioned things, you know, mm. you, you, it's just very easy to get into it cruise is. control. Yeah, totally, man. And kind of just, oh, well, you know, this is just what we do. We go never, to church on Sundays. Never and, got forced into that. Never got invited into it. Never needed to. No. Yeah. So when, when people I run into now, you know, who, who, are like a little bit newer to the faith, ask me the question, hey, when were you saved? I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, always? always? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I w- I'm a pastor's kid. What are you, stupid? <laughs> yeah, that comes with an automatic, you know, you know, ticket into heaven. My I'm dad sure, is right? your pastor. Yeah, he's got a direct phone to, phone to God, Yeah, and I get a free ticket, and you get like a certain amount of kids get in, the rest <laughs> like, of them have dude, to run their way. I feel sorry for you for even asking me that question. Yeah. Because yep. you obviously are not in at all. Right. You're going straight to hell. You just don't get it. You're asking <laughs> the wrong questions. <laughs> so I think for me, um, the questioning phase didn't really hit until college, which I think is probably true for a lot of people. You know, you're, you're finally away from home for the first time and mm-hmm. you're on your own. And, and I think at that point, you know, I started taking religion classes and psychology classes, philosophy, and really enjoying all of those. And then I started to kind of think to myself, what do I believe? Right. Beyond, uh, you know, just my family and my community. Yeah, um, totally. Which we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. You have a great, um, <laughs> a great insight into that. But uh, <laughs> dude, it's so good. Um, but, you know, I, and I had some tough experiences with the church, you know, and that sort of thing with the uh, politics of it and just some bad experiences. And I mean, we'll who, get into that. who can't relate to that? There's not a person listening right now that can't relate to that. And if that's not reason enough to know more about why you believe what you believe, you can't let others believe for you. Yeah. And we will definitely dedicate some time in an episode to that. I think, um, you know, there, there's certainly plenty of people out there who've had negative church experiences from one reason or another. Um, and, uh, We'll definitely touch on that, no worries. But but yeah, so I think I think as I grew into adulthood, into my twenties, I never really felt a strong sense of connection uh, to any you know uh, theology or or even church community. I was just kind of going through the motions, you know. I think a lot of people can probably identify with that, just kind of droning through, you know, the church. It almost became a habit at that point, you know. So. You know, once I started to dive deeper, you know, I'm like, man, some of this stuff sounds kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, right. Like, we were just reading through Genesis. Remember when I texted yeah. you about it? I'm like, uh, Lot's daughters just uh, totally got him drunk and then took advantage of him. That's kind of weird, man. That's kind of weird, dude. Genesis chapter 19 will uh, make your soul feel disgustingly dirty. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, just Genesis in general, if it doesn't raise a lot of questions for you... Um, 
then you're way too comfortable and you've been watching way too much hbo yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah dude but the like i mean the science aspect of like the beginning chapters of genesis like if you can just take that and and not question it i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you or there's not a beauty and simple belief but like it raises questions in our culture now Mm -hmm. and you need to wrestle with that like and that is great that is okay so yeah man i get it you know i can't wait till we get into the bible we're going to (laughs) just wait episodes four five and six probably yep so stay tuned to that we definitely atheist agnostic friends out there just hold tight we're getting there and a lot of you that think the bible is crazy and creepy Mm. and subversed or you know objectifying or you know just nuts just straight up nuts. Hold tight. Just hold tight because We're there. we do too. <laughs> and there's a lot of great, great stuff to talk about. What an, what an unbelievable experience it is. And, and just a, a quick note, a lot of you have already um, uh, submitted questions mm-hmm. in, in regards to that sort of thing. Um, great questions, guys. Like Phenomenal I cannot questions. tell you how many great questions we've already gotten. Please email us at deconstructionistpodcast at gmail.com. We are, are are definitely going to use these questions. If not, in we're already the, using them. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're and, already using them. Keep and them, honestly, keep them coming. You are forming this podcast in this community. Yes, this is just as much yours, if not more, more so than ours. Gosh, that blesses point. my freaking face off. Mm. I mean, you drive, and we will just. I mean, the, just the nice thing is, we'll do all the work. Get your yoga on. <laughs> get your workout on. Yeah, we'll jazzercise on. We'll bury ourselves some books and yeah. it'll be fun. And that's what we're gonna do. Yep. We're gonna nerd out. We do it all for you. Trust me. We're going to the depths of a little nerddom. For us. A little for us. That's more like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So basically <laughs> I am I am now a 36-year-old man who looks like a 12-year-old. But um it took me a really long time to hit that that wall where I'm like, man, I really gotta tear this apart. And so, um, am I talking too loud? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, no, so, you're good. You're good. So basically, uh, um, I was standing in the kitchen with my wife one night and, uh, I said, you know what? I don't know if I believe in Jesus or like the magical aspects of that whole situation. And you want to see your wife just poop her pants in the kitchen. She was like, what? What? Uh, because the premise of your marriage was yeah. When I married you, pastor's kid, we wife had this locked down. Got it locked down. Gonna read mm. the stories. Gonna teach it to the kids. Yeah. And what are you talking about? And right. Fiona was your your two year old daughter. Your beautiful two year old oh, daughter mm-hmm. was a year old. Not even probably a year old. Yeah. And you're like, man, I don't know. But don't for know. me, I was like, man, I don't know. But for me, I was just I, I had this sense of excitement where I was like, I. I'm going on a journey, mm. and I'm really excited. And she's like, he's going on a journey. This may not end well. He's not coming back. Yeah. I'm going to lose my husband. I'm going to lose my my spiritual foundation. I'm going to lose the life that I had envisioned. And we're going to do a whole episode on, on doubting and marriage mm. and committed relationships. And we're going to get our hilarious wives on here. Yeah. To just talk about this with us and kind of give some advice to anybody that's thinking about doing that, talking about it. Maybe you don't have that kind of an open relationship with your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your parents or whoever. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about how to broach that subject, how to just crack that space open wherever that finds you. So, I mean, that's kind of where I, I started to... Uh, deconstruct my own personal faith. And then from there, I just... Would you say that you're still in the deconstruction? Or are you more in the yeah, rebuilding I think, or whatever? I think there's always an element to to where you're always going to deconstruct a little. Well, yeah. you, we're, we're advocating for that yeah. hugely. So I think I think the idea is that it's it's a process, an ongoing process. And, and there's even a quote that I saw the other day that says, deconstruction is not the end. It's just a readjustment period that aims to result in growing and spreading of the Christian faith. Come on, man. Dude. That'll preach. And so for me, it's just an ongoing process where, you know what? I've reaffirmed some things. Yeah. And I have absolutely just strengthened the foundation of certain things. Mm. And then come to some other realizations, looking at some things in a different way that I'd never noticed before. And so, you know, obviously shortly after that, I met you. And, uh, you know, we realized we were reading a lot of the same stuff and that just further ignited the fire. And, uh, 
you know, a year later, here we are. And I could not be more excited. My wife is just like, hmm. man, had I known it was going to end like this, I would have been like, yeah, dude, do, do it. Do it. Do it now. Do it. So um, so how did you? Oh, man. That's it the, is so wild, John. Totally it, different story. Totally different story. I've got this unbelievable, weird, like amazing journey of faith that has chapters that are really clear and delineated. And now I'm coming into this much more vague, a nebulous, wonderful, mysterious place. And being, you know, raised in a Christian home, I mentioned on episode zero, the adventures in Odyssey DC talk, um, really wholesome fundamentalist, uh, was not allowed to watch PG 13 movies, was not allowed to listen to secular music. Um, went off the rails a little bit in my early twenties and in college, you know, hit it very, very well, kept going to church and was struggling, man, struggling hard, uh, trying to figure out how, um, my obvious lack of belief, you know, cause my actions were just all over the place. I was not concerned about my fellow man. I was not concerned about grace or justice or peace or any, any redeeming human quality or endeavor i mean i was completely selfish so girls yeah <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> sorry ladies um but just uh always feeling like i had been protected from any catastrophe at that point and really felt like i started to build up um a theology that i thought i was going to be able to stand on forever um memorizing systematic theology, biblical theology, going to seminary, becoming um, a wannabe philosopher, theologian, apologist, and reading just to reinforce my rightness. Going to seminary, becoming a pastor, getting ordained, preaching is something that I, I value more than almost anything. I, I know that it's what I'm called to do. Um, how and what that looks like, I don't know. But becoming ordained and preaching, what a, what a gift that is. But then starting to feel, as we talked about on episode zero, spiritual, spiritual claustrophobia. Just my room was so small and I knew every wall and every crack and every window and I knew where the light was coming from and I knew when and what time of day and there was no mystery left and there was no ambiguity and God was so small that he could fit into my room. And in that spiritual claustrophobic experience in my corporate job, I was trained. Um, we do some management training, which is really just a behavioral science. That's what management is. And in learning how to become more self-aware, and this is beautiful because that's what deconstruction is. It's becoming self-aware. You got to know where your blind spots are. You got to know where your blind spots are. How have you been set up and wired to see things the way you see things? And if you can get that, you can start to actually see outside of it and see the way other people see things and be recognizing what, what are called biases. So I got trained on these three biases in this corporate training environment in Washington, D.C., in a boardroom. And I just feel God speaking to me through these things, man. I feel the divine voice leading me to a place that I had already started to go. Um, out of my claustrophobia and saying, this is the way right here. And so I got trained on these three unconscious biases and I'm a big advocate of this now. Everybody needs to look into this. We all have lots of biases, lots of uh, blind spots on how we see things. And the three main ones that I got trained on were the first one is an affinity bias. You surround yourself with the kinds of people that you're most like and that are the easiest to work with, that you've got the most in common with, that agree with you the most and that are the most like you. It's an affinity. You have an affinity towards other people, and you surround yourself with people like that. We see this all over the place, everywhere we go. The next one is the one that knocked me out of my chair and left me hanging with my mouth open, sitting there, feeling like God just handed me my rear end. And this is called a confirmation bias. And a confirmation bias means that you have a particular way of seeing the world, and you filter out any views, perspectives or voices or information that does not match what you already want to confirm. Bottom line, confirmation bias is you see what you want to see. Mm. You hear what you want to hear. It's for validation. It's for your ego. It's for security. It's, it's for you know, self-identification. And you see what you want to see. You hear what you want to hear. And the last one is we're all plugged into a system 
So there's a bias just ingrained in the system that we find ourselves in. That's called a systemic bias, a system bias. So the system that we find ourselves in, the Christian culture, the upbringing, the corporate America, the capitalistic, the individualistic, the Western enlightenment, the all of these things compile a system that processes information for you. And I looked at these things and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. This is happening. I am, I'm only listening and looking at things that I know I already agree with, that I know already agree with me. That is not okay. If I believe, and this is where it really the brass tax man, it hit and I'm in this corporate environment and I'm almost feeling like just weeping. I'm almost feeling like brokenhearted. And I'm like, if I, I say, I believe in grace, right? I say that faith is something that you can test. I say that ask your questions, that good doctrine can stand up to any kind of questioning. And yet here I am only reading everything from one stream, one perspective, and acting like I'm open to other things and the possibility of finding truth elsewhere. And I got freaking slapped out of my chair and I'll never forget it. And it, but at the same time, even though it was terrifying and it felt, I felt horrible. I felt like a hypocrite. At the same time, I felt this unbelievable invitation to stop, to, to look elsewhere, to invite new perspectives and new streams. And that is where this was born in me. You know, it's funny what struck me when you were talking about that. And I love that story. So I'm really happy I had to hear it more than once. But <laughs> you're so sweet, man. You're so encouraging. Oh, it's so great. Though. I think, <laughs> honestly, man, I think there are a ton of people out there who are listening to this right now who are pumping their fists in the air and they're like, yeah, man, that's, that's totally, I, I can identify so, with that. I hope so. I hope this invites people into vastness and sets them free. And how many, how many, and I'm not trying to offend any churches out there, but how many churches with those awesome bookstores in there? probably have only books in there that that from their, their church agrees with yeah, yeah from their stream from their tribe i mean i would i would imagine probably all of them saying that the god is god is a god of truth and all truth is god's truth and yet we're only going to give you one perspective mm -hmm. i mean honestly when it comes down to it if your faith is strong enough you should be able to read other authors who disagree with you and not have it affect your it's faith it's been my favorite slightest. thing i've started doing probably mm. in my whole life so let's um Let's tie this all together. Let's talk about, you know, let's go back in history a little bit. Is this the first time this has ever happened? Everybody wants to know. Is We're trembling. <laughs> We're quaking in our boots right now. Are we alone? Is this are one of those new, new are things we the kids are doing? <laughs> <laughs> are we the rebels without a cause? Are we James Deaning this and Damn, drinking whiskey and, yeah. and smoking cigarettes and saying to hell with the man? I still believe it's the devil's music, but that's just me. So give it to us, man. Give us the, the overview <laughs> of history and how we're not alone here. So look, again, these are not our thoughts. These are thoughts by much smarter individuals who have uh, already wrestled through this stuff way, way before us. So once basically every 500 years, we see a major moment of deconstruction. Now, it may not have been called deconstruction in those days. They it may wasn't. have used yeah. a different term. What did like, they use 500 years ago, like, for example? Reformation. Yeah. Have you heard of that one before? Because Luther, if you're not Catholic Knox, and Calvin. You, you identify as a Christian at all, Protestant, that means protest. Yes. Protestant Reformation. That means fist in the air, rage against the machine, take down the Vatican. Actually, more reform it from the inside out, but it didn't work and they got excommunicated. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I Sounds just like a deconstruction. I just got a picture of Martin Luther. It's just ridiculous, man. That people think that this is new. Not the at 95 all. 95 theses nailed to the door at Wittenberg. Mm. The, the Council of Worms. I mean, here I stand. I can do no other. I've been there, dude. Oh, my gosh. You I didn't tell there? you that, did I? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got dude. to sing in that cathedral, this man. This is, listener, listener, listen. This is not new. This is not new. 500 years before that, you know what happened? The Great Schism. But it's necessary. Mm. And it's necessary for you to get involved in. 500 years before that, happened again. Yeah. The Council of Chalcedon in 451. 500 years before that. And guys, they were fighting about the stuff. The dawning of the early church. Ugh. The breaking down of the temple. 500 years mm. before that, the rebuilding of the temple. 500 years before that, the exile. 500 years before that, it goes on and on and on. Guys, and the things that we're bickering about today, think about this. The uh, Great Schism, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't you that know, over 11 yeah. versus 11 bread? 
No, it was actually over the uh, filioque debate also, which was, uh, does the Holy Spirit proceed from the Father or the Father and the Son? And my church history nerd coming out yeah. at you here. Great schism was also, yeah, it was definitely also the bread issue. Yeah, too. <laughs> and there was bread. Dude, there was all these little uh, bread people, little arguments mm. that came, and this fractured the Eastern and the Western church. And this set up what we now know as the Holy Roman Empire, Vatican, Western, you know. Yeah. In yeah. fact, one of the interesting side quotes I didn't even put here in my notes was um, a result of one of the uh, moments of, of growth and, and stretching of the church was that uh, one of the popes instituted the, uh, the whole idea of the monastery. And as a result of monasteries, they were able to actually um, keep a lot of the, the really great writings that we now enjoy because the cities were being overrun by illiterate, um, yeah. crazy yeah. folk. Yeah, yeah. So as a result of the monasteries, we, you know, we were able to hang on to a lot of this, this really amazing stuff um, that was written during early Christianity. So, you know, so the idea that... The, it's freaking awesome. Oh, it's amazing. I love man. it, dude. I was digging so hard in this stuff. <laughs> I have so many more notes, but... Uh, <laughs> Your nerddom guys is, like, is, is just so beautiful to me. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, I really recommend one of the books that I read and that I use for a lot of this stuff is um, by this woman, the scholar who just passed away a year ago, who has the world's greatest name. We need to make a t-shirt. We are, we're going to make a t-shirt. Phyllis Tickle. Yeah. You've been tickled. You've been tickled. Your brain just got tickled. Mm. Hopefully your heart and your soul did too. So, so tell us more. The Great Emergence. So yeah, so go go get that book. She really um, tells us man. down keep, so keep well. Keep nerding out on us. All right, so technology, uh, you know, so so basically how did we get to where we are now? Um, if we look In the back- year 2016, kind of when did this start? What are some things that started this new upheaval? Man, people have seen this coming. Um, a lot of scholars said at the beginning of the 1900s, they saw With the fundamentalists. The fundamentalists were born of this um, because of evolution. Mm, the challenge of evolution science, to scripture, technology, which um, we're going to talk automobile, about. Yes, um, our, our the biggest the one automobile now, was huge. That changed the way we did church. It destroyed community. Yeah, and, and made us completely rework it. Yeah, there was back no in those neighbor, days? The, the neighborhood parish and the you know mm. driving into the all day church. Yeah, 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 having church you know right in the center of town there and everybody mm -hmm. walks and churches at Sunday nights. Yeah. So, um, so then it created a change to Sunday mornings and Saturday nights. Um, and, and the biggest thing now is, is technology and communication. So now it's not just, you know, you go to your community church. It's you can converse with people of not only all denominations, but all faiths, all religions. You can com communicate across the world. So Which is what we're trying to do here. Dude, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing and, and the thing that struck me today is, is – um, there's a there's a really interesting diagram in in that Phil Stickle book, but it talks about how they used to be able to break all churches down, all denominations down, and categorize them into one of four different boxes: uh, the uh, liturgicals, the conservatives, the social justice folks. Yeah, we we just had a series about this at church. I think we just crushed this thing. Yeah, because now you know you can't just say that Roman Catholics aren't for social justice because there are many Roman Catholics who are. And so now it's right. become less of a box and more of just this melting pot. Right. And now you see... Less um, identity. Yeah. So now you see, as a result of this, a lot more of these non-denominational churches being formed because they're kind of melting together their own form, uh, their own theology, and their own form of Christianity, and there's no, there's no home for them within the traditional structure. Right. So it's, it's just fascinating. And, but this is something that's been coming for for a long time yeah so many factors have contributed to this and now we find ourselves here and i think for the listeners you felt this coming you felt this being introduced to you you feel it all around you it's why you're resonating with the conversation that's being had right now in your ears is because you know it's happening you know that there's questions that need to be asked. You know that there's progress that needs to be made. You know that there is wonder and mystery that needs to be reclaimed. And you know that it needs to be done in grace and in peace and in love. And you know that you want to be a part of it. And we want you to be a part of it right here. Yeah, I think, um, so I mean, we can, uh, I think we can definitely summarize and, and, and kind of tie this all together. And, and some, some other really good books that you should check out. Um, there's a book called Falling Upward by Richard Rohr that absolutely blew my mind. Oh, dude, unbelievable. And, uh, and, and definitely we're going we're gonna to circle this back around too and talk about, you know, where can you find 
deconstruction in scripture for those yeah, that, 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 that are really like, dude, we're... Yeah, it's like, I'm a Christian. This sounds wacky. Yeah. What do I tell my pastor or my parents or, you know, whatever? Or how do I even make myself feel like, oh, I'm not just rejecting all of this stuff? Yeah. Listen, real quick, let me just break this down a couple things real quick. So in scripture, uh, the first thing, place that I would go is what I call like, you know, probably the, the palate cleanser of scripture. The, the first book that was probably ever written is the book of Job. It's probably not even Hebrew. It's very strange that it even made it into the Bible, but it's definitely probably the oldest book in scripture. And it is this complete deconstruction of ideas of how good is God? How evil is Satan? How do they interact? What is going on with suffering and righteousness? And why doesn't that always work? And then Job, this righteous sufferer, all he wants to do is talk to God. All he wants to do is get some questions answered. And in verse um, chapter 38, verse 1, God says to Job, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man, and that literally means gird up your loins like a man, and I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? God is just flipping this whole thing on its head, saying, you don't know what you're talking about. And then Christ hits the scene and completely flips everything on its head. It's this minor chord of descent all through scripture. This is in the Psalms. This is in the prophets. This is necessary. It's needed. Don't put God in a box. You can't do it. He is the ground of being. When Moses met him in the burning bush, right? Who are you? Moses, take off your sandals. The ground you're standing on is holy. You're going to go tell my people and liberate them. And you're going to tell them that I sent you and that I'm leading them out of Egypt and out of oppression with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Who, Lord, who am I going to say sent me? I am that I am. I am being. I am myself. I am nothing like you could have ever imagined before. And you can't define me. I will not give you my name like the other gods. You think you've got your, their name. You're putting them in a box. I will be what I will be. That's all you need to know. So this is in there. Feel free to pull that thread, pick it up, learn from your rabbi, learn from Jesus. You know, and if you're of a different tradition, realize that Christianity is not this Western capitalistic American enlightenment influenced static thing that you've probably seen portrayed. It is a beautiful, open, gracious invitation to experience a mysterious God that is full of love and grace. And it's beautiful, man. And so, I mean, that is there. And then, you know, also for those of you that are there, one of the things that you're also probably realizing that is so central to who we are is this generation of like millennials and young people and even people that are a little bit older and a little bit younger. You know what we are? We're like DIYers, right? I mean, John, you're a DIYer. Oh, have you seen my entertainment center? Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> Ikea DIY, It right? wasn't originally. Like, look, we, like, we roast our own coffee, don't we? Mm. We brew our own beer. Mm -hmm. We plant our own gardens. We change things and we do it ourselves. And we are not going to be a generation that is going to let a pastor believe for us, believe by proxy. Just like the Reformation says, the Pope doesn't believe for me. The papacy doesn't tell me exactly what to believe, that this is for everybody it is open. It is a conversation. And so for the DIYers out there, don't let others believe for you. It used to be the papacy, and then it became the pastors, and then it became the leaders. And to some people, it's just the Bible. The Bible believes for me. No, the Bible doesn't say it, you believe it, and that settles it. You have to think. You have to deconstruct. You have to pull it apart. You have to look at it. That is super, super important. And that is my invitation for you guys. Beautiful, man. Dude. So let's, uh, I, uh, I don't know how we could uh, wrap this <laughs> up in a better way. So I'm going to leave you with a, with a roar quote, and then we're going to talk about some really exciting news we have. Yeah. You do roar. I'm going to do that one quick little Rollins oh, thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh. Blow that, blow that up. Oh, man. And then we're going to we're gonna wrap this up real quick. Yeah. So, so just in regards to roar, roar, roar is just, just brilliant brain. And uh, so what he Not talks about. minds. Oh man. So the the important thing that he talks about is like look, like you you can't just start from a place of deconstruction. It's good to start with some sort of structure and and he talks about the fact that you it's good to grow up with some sort of uh 
you know, uh, conservative Some foundation. View. Yeah. Yeah. You need a structure. You need a foundation. Or I remember our that. favorite little passage where he talks about it, it's good to have a goad to kick against. Yes, you have to. But you can't stay there. No. So he said you can't. I think he he compares it to building to a picket there. fence around it. Yeah. You 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 build a container. He says you build a house. Yeah. You build a room. You build a picket fence around it. You stay there forever. Mm-hmm. No. No. Hit me with some Rollins. So mm. one of the things that I loved about Rollins is in his book uh, The Insurrection. Remember when he's talking about crucifixion. And how it's not just something you believe in; it's oh, something this is good. You, you enter yep. into. Mm-hmm. You know, just like can I remember that Kierkegaard quote that he used? Also, like, why do we love depressing music so much? <laughs> yep. Why do we love so much to listen to somebody just croon about some painful mm. tragedy that happened to them? Because somehow you're being invited into that. Yeah. You're entering into it, and like Kierkegaard said, anytime you tell a poet or a musician that you love their music and that you want them to make more, you are saying to them. May new tragedies befall you. (laughs) May new trauma knock on your front door. Mm. And may when you parse your lips, may these beautiful sounds come out that I might enter into them with you and participate. And it's like the crucifixion is something that we stand from a distance and look at. But as an act of unbelievable deconstruction, it takes all concepts of God and humanity and smashes them to unrecognizable smithereens and says, you don't know what you're talking about. It all needs to be pulled apart. God went through a deconstruction. Your concepts of God don't work here anymore. This is unexplainable. This is a darkness beyond darkness. But now here comes the resurrection. And so he says, instead of just assenting to some belief in, you know, a God that died for you or, you know, forgiving my sins or, or whatever. It's something we're supposed to enter into, participate in. Let your concepts of God, your soul, the divine, all these things be smashed open and let grace and resurrection and new life rise up from the ashes. Beautiful, brother. What? Yes. Dude, yeah, pick up pick up rounds again. We'll have those on our show you'll notes. You'll hate a lot of it, but you'll love. But it'll a be lot a fight it. that you'll appreciate. You'll go, yeah. no, that can't be true. I don't appreciate that. But oh so man, good. that's so good. I'm gonna put up. I'm gonna put up his music credit quote tomorrow. I oh, have to, dude. That's awesome. It plays off of that so beautifully. Yeah. So yeah. So guys, I mean, again, deconstruction is not the end. It's just the beginning. No, don't be afraid to find. Mm. Right? Aren't we? This is a process of looking, of searching. It's cool to search. It's not so cool to find. Don't have the courage if you're going to deconstruct to even be skeptical of your deconstruction to the point that when something resonates with you, like John, it has with you. I mean, you've there's been so many things with you and me that we're pulling things apart and we're like, doesn't look like I can get rid of this one. This one's here to stay for now. This is a big one. This is this is not going anywhere. I found something here. So don't. It's cool to search. It's not so cool to find. We're going to find also. Yeah. We're going to be open to both. Mm. Otherwise, we'd be somewhat hypocritical, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, guys, like we have so much more good stuff coming. So just stay so tuned. More. We've got great interviews coming up. Um, next one is with uh, our lead pastor from the church that we go to, Simon Forsyth who's the only Irish Australian American that I've ever met. And uh, listen for the accent alone. Oh, and for the fact that nobody will it. make you feel more welcome um, oh. to, to, to struggle and to wrestle and to be messy. I mean, dude named his church life because life is messy. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. That's oh. why he's like, life is a mess. He sold me with a kilt. I didn't, uh, he's so great. I didn't even need the message, but that, that is going to be such a treat. <laughs> So he's coming next week, um, and we we definitely have it lined up where we're, we're going to get some content out to you um, pretty quickly within mm. the next month. So yep. stay tuned. Um, big, big, huge, exciting announcement. We have a launch party, guys. Like We want to get out and meet the people who have supported us. And by the way, your support um, in this initial just for the intro episode oh my gosh. has been overwhelming. Hundreds of downloads. Yeah. Blew what our minds. <laughs> are you talking about? Adam, I had that conversation yesterday on the phone. What? What is going on right now? Holy Guys, cow. this is obviously something that's needed, and uh, this is all you. This is all you. This is Keep driven it coming. by you. The content is driven by you. It's tailored for you, by you. Keep it coming. You're hugging us right now. Mm. So we want to we wanna celebrate with you. 
and um, we want to kind of get the word out a little bit. So March 20th is going to be our podcast launch party, and it's not going to just be us. We have exciting guests coming. We have great live music. We have acoustic sets by Vespertine, a.k.a. AKA Colin Rigsby. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also got another band. Serpent and Dove. Oh, David Carey. Which is uh, fits beautifully with Deconstruction and Dark and Light and um, is a project by uh, David Carey, who was our producer for this show today. Oh, brilliant musician. It's going to be so good. Um, on top of that, we are going to have a cash bar. We'll have beer and wine. Yep. Um, and we're also going to have a coffee pour-over bar available there as well. And it's going to be awesome. Some merch. Mingle, fellowship, mm. and converse, talk, argue. Yes. Give us some ideas. You'll, you'll get to sign up for the podcast and just be in this space with us. It's going to be, be so much it'll fun. It's be freaking man. awesome, dude. So 6 wait. p.m. is when it starts. Uh, runs till 11 p.m. So we're going to have great times. We'll have some some drinks together. I have some great conversation and some Five awesome Five bucks online music. at www.thedeconstructionists.com forward slash live events. $5 if you buy in advance. There's very limited space. Um, about 70 tickets is all we've got right now. And $7 if you make it to the door. We probably won't have any space yet. You're going to want to get your tickets in advance. And then tell them about social media, and we'll close this sucker out. So, yeah. So if you go to that live page, you can pay us uh, directly through uh, the PayPal account we have set up through deconstructionistpodcast um, at gmail.com. You can also reach us, like I said, all of your questions at deconstructionistpodcast at gmail.com. We also can be found on Facebook, deconstructionistpodcast. That's plural, deconstructionists podcast and uh you can also find us on instagram under the same name and then of course our website is the deconstructionist.com uh, so you can find us at any of those places please come like us and the biggest thing you can do to help us is please go to itunes subscribe to our podcast and leave us a really nice five-star review on itunes that is going to be the biggest thing that helps us get the word out and get even better and better deaths so thank you guys so much can't wait to do it again This is the Deconstructionist Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Adam Narlock. And I'm John Williamson. Grace and peace to you, friends. Mm -hmm.